0: Podcast Network.
1: If you or your patients struggle with muscle cramps, spasms, soreness, or restless-like syndrome, you're going to want to hear about our non-opioid TheraWorks Relief. Theraworks Relief is a clinically proven and published locally acting topical solution that prevents and relieves muscle cramps, spasms, and soreness in the legs and feet. In a research study including patients diagnosed with restless leg syndrome, Theraworks Relief was shown to reduce symptoms commonly associated with accompanying RLS, including muscle cramps and spasms. Muscle cramps are reported as a side effect of hundreds of prescription medications, from intravenous iron sucrose and conjugated estrogens to statins and diuretics. By managing muscle cramps, Theraworks TheraWorks Relief supports adherence, helping patients stay on important and often life-saving medications. TheraWorks Relief comes in an easy-to-use, fast-absorbing, non-greasy foam that can prevent muscle cramps and spasms with just a few simple applications a day. To learn more about TheraWorks Relief, go to theraworksrelief.com and click on the Healthcare Professional link.
0: Hey guys, my name's Major. I'm with Darshan. We are with the Gavel and Pestle Podcast. Today we're talking about the pharmacist and patient centricity. Uh, this this is the uh, this is a good episode. Uh, is the yeah. pharmacist? That's pretty. Actually, that was a really interesting, interesting one. We had a, a series of four plus a bonus tip on what to look for in a marketer. To avoid <laughs> You're listening to the Gavel and Pestle Podcast with Darshan Kulkarni. The Galapesto Podcast, where the law of the land intersects the business of pharmacy.
2: Hey, this is Darshan. Just before uh, you listen to the podcast, make sure you remember, this is not legal advice. This is also not medical advice, and um, it's not construction advice, so don't take construction advice from me. Also, this does not create an attorney-client relationship, so don't be saying that I just gave you legal advice again. Talk to a lawyer who knows you, that can give you advice that's right for you. Thanks again. Keep listening. We'll talk soon. <laughs> I, I, we're we're, we're Major pointed out that I never know how to count. I always have a bonus, so why would we just announce the bonus on the show? But I never the, the last one comes out of nowhere.
0: It's so sometimes we, we do, do kind of come up with one at the end. It's like, oh, you know, there's there's actually so we totally forgot this. Let's dump it all together. So but today, <laughs> next we're talking about pharmacists and patient centricity. Darshan, what is patient centricity? So, you know
2: what? Pa- Patient centricity is this new hot topic that everyone's talking about, whether it's pharmaceutical companies, whether it's doctor's offices, whether it's healthcare in general, everyone's saying patients should be the focus. Here's the funny thing. Why weren't patients always the focus? It's it, In the end, all of us are just trying to help patients do better. Why does it take a new sort of wave of interest to go, uh, you know what, Uh the, the it's all about patient centricity. Well, it should have been the, in the first place. It's all about making sure that the patient's needs are met. Um, but, but when you think about it, when you think about the paternalistic doctor who's telling you um, this is what you need to do, that's what we always lived with. When you think about the pharmacy, uh, sorry, the pharmaceutical company saying, these are the medications, suck it up. Well, that world is changing. So patient centricity, what does that mean for the pharmacist? Let's start with what it doesn't mean. It does not mean when the patient comes in, they drop off the prescription. You've got that. Um, you've, you've got the technician who's probably overworked, who's really unhappy, who who takes the prescription, has this foul mouth, who's really upset, who's really tired, and and goes, "Come back in forty-five minutes." But I need it right now. Well, come back in forty-five minutes. Lots of people here right now. Mm-hmm. That's not patient centricity. Um, patient centricity is about putting the patient first. Understanding what the patient's needs are. And if you are an independent pharmacist, it's important to understand in the context of patient centricity, what are your patients actually looking for? Talking to your patients, understanding what they want. So so patient centricity is this movement of focusing care with the interest of your specific patient in mind. Not patients as a whole, not patients as a group, not patients in general by the patient in front of you. So I've got a so question that's, that's about what, patients what you
0: just season. gave an example yeah. of. You said uh, if you know if, if the pharmacy is busy you're filling a prescription and the pharmacist says come back 30 45 minutes there's a lot of people here I can't get get to you. What you know we've all experienced that. That's 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 just a yeah. fact of life and there's not nothing you could do about that. That's you know, on on the patient side you're like well I guess I'll be back in 30 45 minutes. What what right. what is an example of the alternative? For that you know the pharmacist is busy you can't deny that there's no alternative for that like but what should the patient experience instead of rejection
2: so the ideal is really the pharmacist is the one who takes the prescription the pharmacist is the one who goes why don't you come to this other corner let's talk a little bit about what you're looking for so this doctor gave you this why did your doctor give you this do you understand why you're taking the medication oh you know what my my blood pressure is going higher oh okay um, and what did the doctor say that, that you should be having? Well, he said that my blood pressure is higher and he, he said that I should take a water pill. Have you taken water pills before? Well, I, I have and uh, they make me pee a lot so I really don't like taking them. Oh, um, you've, you've taken these before then? Yeah, I'll probably just take the, fill the prescription and I won't sort of take them because I know I don't like feeling them. Well, if this is the conversation you're having and your patient just told you that they probably aren't going to take the medication... All it took for for you was a three to five minute conversation to find out that this patient's not gonna get better with this medication because this patient does not like the pills that were just prescribed.
0: That's because that's the, well and all. That's 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 um, you know that's that's a great yeah. direction, but that's that wasn't my question. My question was okay. what should the patient experience because in the case that it's it's a busy day. It's like ten o'clock on a yeah. Monday. You know, they're filling prescriptions from the weekend. They're trying to get this through. If if you walk in with your prescription on a Monday, Monday, you know, in the morning on opening, boom, you're there when they open. the Yeah. yeah, yeah. What what should you as a pharmacist do or what should your 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 pharmacy do to convey? Look, you're busy. Come back later. Should they put that patient first? I mean, granted, this is all like you're going to need to understand context. Maybe there's a different situation. This is not one size fits all, obviously, but correct. What's the it's not one scenario? size fits
2: all, but, because, because they can't exactly sit down. They
0: can't, the pharmacists can't sit down with everybody and talk to them and go over every. You know that's not that's not realistic. So so that's a
2: great point. And th- what you're talking about is um, is this difference between the the ideal world of a pharmacy mm-hmm. and what realistically happens. And I've I've worked as a pharmacist in retail. I've been at that 10 a.m. on Monday morning when everyone's dropping off prescriptions. And, and you're just drowning in, in, in uh, prescriptions. And, and the last thing you want to do is talk to people because you just want to get people out of the door. Here's the question. If people are trying to get out of the door, are they satisfied? Um, what, what, what the ideal situation is, is number one, better staffing. Uh, this becomes more complicated in the context of large retail chains because they're working off of metrics. But in the smaller independent pharmacies, you'd be surprised how often the pharmacist says, you know what? I know I'm busy, but I know that it's more important that I talk to you. When you're the smaller retail pharmacy, you build those relationships a patient at a time. And that's the key difference. So if, if you are a large chain and you want to build a relationship the same way as independent pharmacy does, staff your pharmacies better. And that's going to be the key difference. The second piece is as a pharmacist, you know what? I've also been that same pharmacist where it's, it's a slightly slower day and you say, you know what? Is the patient coming to the, coming to the counter? Why don't you technician take the prescription because I'm busy reading a magazine? And, and everyone's seen that pharmacist who's sitting in the back reading a magazine, bored and, and is really not looking to engage with the patient. Well, you went to pharmacy school not to read that magazine. You went to pharmacy school so that you can talk to patients and you can make their lives a little bit better. I know one, one of the thoughts that goes through a pharmacist's head when you're standing in that position is what the patient only cares about is getting their prescriptions so, so that they can get through the day. Mm-hmm. And you see yourself almost as a barrier. A, a gatekeeper a, of sorts, a, right? Exactly. A gatekeeper of sorts. And that's not your job. Your job is not to be a gatekeeper. Your job is to help in their own healthcare. And having that conversation, talking to patients is, is critical to get there. So so you it's a great question, Major. You'd be surprised how excellent a question it is. Um, you know, one say, one one solution yeah.
0: I would say, and this is a very yeah. small thing, and this, you know, yeah. mileage may vary, right? If use their name. Just great point. Just if you recognize them, use their name. Like the name is that itself is a small piece that would it would save so much stress and anxiety just that okay you use my name we're we're at that level it's a personal thing this isn't something that you know you're not you're not out to get me you're not trying to keep me <laughs> from my medication this is you're busy and you understand my plight and i need to understand yours and i do because you used my name and i know that's that's that might be a stretch for some but in the heat of the moment I can see how that's just it's impossible to do, but if you have the right pharmacy staff, the right pharmacy techs, if you've got people behind the counter that take the time to you know, Brenda, you know, Barbara, Sandy, Tom, like like if you just use their name then then Yeah. That would solve a lot of headaches. I I would I would assume that this isn't something I'm testing. It will definitely help. (laughs) No, no, here's
2: the thing. No, I, I it will definitely help. For patients to know that they're not just a number, it'll definitely help for patients to know that you took the you took the moment to find out more about them, and that's the key piece we're both talking about. We're, we're saying it saying right. it in two different ways. Patients and stop treating patients as a number. There you go. Stop treating patients as the thing you have to endure so that you can get through your day.
0: And I think and, and don't get me wrong.
2: We've all had those days where we just need to get through it, right? But remember why you're there. You didn't right. go through six years of pharmacy school, or eight years of pharmacy school, so that you can just get through your day.
0: I think part of what we're trying to convey is patient centricity doesn't have to be this overhauling of your pharmacy. It doesn't have to be this obscenely, you know, involved process where you change things out and revamp everything. This is just—it's just small, subtle changes, just baby yeah. steps.
2: And baby steps. You, you still have to get to the goal of of not looking at it as a um, as seeing patients in a, in a different light. But you're right. It starts with saying someone's name. It starts with asking, how are you doing, and meaning it. Mm-hmm. And it starts with actually engaging with patients. So absolutely. Um, and, and that's really part of that conversation, which is you go from saying their name to saying, what brings you here? And they'll say, I have a prescription, and, and talk to them about the prescriptions. Find out what they want out of it. So, for example, if it's blood pressure, and if they go, you know what, I don't really care, well, they should. Mm-hmm. Do, do you understand what blood pressure is? Do you know why the doctor gave you this? Because if you don't understand why, you're unlikely to keep taking something that may have side effects, that may have adverse events. So, so if they don't understand the importance, and if they're not a participant in their own care— and then their compliance suffers, and they're going to be com- keep coming to you, and you haven't achieved your goal of helping patients get better. So I think those those are the key components of patient centricity, which is that conversation, that engagement, and putting the patients in the middle of their own care, as opposed to being on the sidelines and just getting a product from it. There but, you go. But it's important, yeah. But it's important to recognize that patient centricity does have both a uh, positive side and a negative side. To to quote Star Wars, there's a dark side. So what is the dark side of patient-centricity? And it's happened to me before, where patients see themselves as the core of that model, and pharmacists say, you know what, I need to make sure the patient's satisfied, and physicians say that I need to make sure the patient's satisfied. But if you don't have that conversation, if you don't have the hard conversations, what you start having is things like the opioid crisis, where you just essentially become a legalized drug dealer. And that's problematic as well. If you're not, you think that you're just getting the patient what they want, but what you're really doing is enabling a patient to get more than they need to get. That their pain's gone, but now they're feeding an addiction. What you need to do is have that conversation. You need to say, you know what? I know you've gotten these this prescription from three other doctors. And I fill them for you. I'm gonna be reaching out to your doctor, but but John, Joan, Joanne, we need to sit down. Let's talk a little bit about what's going on. Is your back still hurting? Because mm-hmm. it's been six months since you had the surgery. What changed? Oh, you know, what? my back's still hurting. Okay, are you going to a back doctor yet? Uh, so a musculoskeletal specialist, if you will. What have they said? These are the hard conversations you need to have. And, if they, and they might say, you know what? It's none of your business. Actually, it is. It's part of your responsibility as a pharmacist to ask those questions to make sure that the medication is being used appropriately. And that's, that's a core piece of patient centricity. It's not just to become a conduit to give drugs. It's to understand what is in the best interest of patients and helping them get there. Um, but but it's also important to balance this, this idea of patient centricity uh, and, and this dark side against the, the positive side and what can happen if you don't, if you don't take patients seriously. So we, we spoke about opioids and we spoke about how uh, patients can abuse the system. But then you'll, you'll every so often get pharmacists and who, who proudly declare, you know what? If you call in to say if I have OxyContin, I don't have OxyContin. You'll see these pharmacists will routinely say that. But what if that patient really needs that OxyContin? What if that patient is truly in pain? And you know what? You've just prevented them from getting it because you think, as a pharmacist, you got to sit on that high horse and you got to judge someone and say, you know what? You don't need the medication and I think you're fraudulent. No. there. They may actually be in chronic pain. Instead of just sort of pushing them away, you get to have that conversation. Say, you know what? I know this is what's going on. Have you had that conversation? Or, you know what? I know you're in pain. Maybe this is not working for you. Maybe we need to look at something different. Maybe for your trigeminal pain, you should be talking about gabapentin and not about oxycontin. And those conversations need to be had as well.
0: You know, So I'm, patient centricity, go ahead. Uh, yeah, patient centricity, That that, that is today's episode. I've, I'm actually concerned that we've kind of given off this air of uh, holier-than-thou. With it. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's not the attention. <laughs> that's not, you know, it, people are human. That's what they are. Human beings. Exactly. You would you exactly know, there. You are going to have those 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 patients that j- doesn't matter what you do. You're always going to be wrong. Yeah. You know, you're going to have the right. patient Absolutely. That, that sits there under the counter and waits and stares you down as you're filling prescriptions. You know, like like those are case by case basis like that. Sure. we're talking about the the guy coming in for his diabetes medication. We're talking about, you know, just, just things that, that you the those the repeat customers who you know, you you know their name. <laughs> We're not talking yeah. about the single guy that comes in once every six months that you have no clue who he is. <laughs> you know, like the dude the, the far out left field, like the, the outliers. But in any case... <laughs>
2: let, let me be clear about who I'm talking about yeah. and, and why I'm talking about patient centricity. And, and it's a valid point. And I don't want this to come across as a holier-than-thou, the guy sitting in the ivory tower telling you how to run your pharmacy. Right. The truth is I've sat in your pharmacy. I've I've run that pharmacy, and I know how hard it is. What I want to point out is in a world where Amazon's looking to come into your business and is trying to deliver, in a, in a world where PBMs are saying, you know what, we're going to decide what medication you can give, in a world where um, mail orders are starting to control, it's important that you as a pharmacist have, be, a, be able to make a living. And what I'm sort of suggesting is patient centricity is, is going to be a, a advantage that someone sitting somewhere else simply doesn't have. It's your golden ticket to the patient. It's your golden ticket to help patients achieve their goals. And that's really what I'm trying to point out. Uh, I'm, I'm telling you about a trend that's out there that may be useful for you in connecting with patients in a new way and therefore getting them to say, you know what? I could get this prescription from Dr. Smith and go to the, get the PBM to have the mail order deliver it for me. All that stuff's great. But I really like going to my per, my neighborhood pharmacist and getting him to fill my medication because he talks to me he understands what my what my goals are and he helps me prevent adverse events that i hadn't thought of and that everyone else would have missed and that's really what i'm trying to point out
0: there you go 205 you know darshan the first episode of the season episode we uh, discussed mm-hmm. amazon's acquisition of pillpack uh, and how that yeah. can affect your pharmacy in our, in our in our next episode we're going to unpack how the acquisition of pillpack will affect pharmaceutical companies so that's a whole other Ooh. side of the coin so uh Stick around, guys, and we'll talk to you then. This is uh, Gavel and Pestle. My name is Major, and this is Darshan.
2: Hey, this is Darshan. Thanks for listening in. I really want to talk to you. You can also find me on LinkedIn at Darshan Kaparni, And if you want to find me any other way, but you can always email me as well. Darshan at conformlaw.com. Thanks for listening in. I'm really excited to hear from you.